Welcome to Love in Brief, a brief ABDL podcast focused on issues of love, mm-hmm. love for self, yep, love for others, yep, love for your community, sure, love for your puppers, yep, just miles and miles of long distance love, it which is, is how we're coming distance. to you this week. That's right. We are in two different states right now. Um, RNT is home visiting her family. I am, I'm on a phone. You're, <laughs> I'm on the state where we live, but we're seeing each other via FaceTime. And so we can't have guests today because of this very strange setup. But this does give us a great opportunity to do our spring question roundup, where we tackle a few questions at once back to back. And in fact, we have several questions that are quite similar this week. But I don't want to go any further without acknowledging this is our 75th episode, RNT. Oh my goodness. Seriously? This is 75. Did you ever think that Big we would seven, get to five? I know. I mean, I guess I hoped we would, but who knew? And the only I mean. the only reason we've gotten this far is because folks continue to support the podcast, tell others about the podcast, send in their questions, help us with transcription, and and help to get the word out. So thank you, thank, thank you, so thank much, you. you guys. Yeah. To all of you who even just send notes of encouragement and telling us what the podcast has done for you, I can't tell you how motivating that is. So thank you. Yes, we love all of you so much. And it's also a cool opportunity to do something working up to the 100th because we're only 25 episodes away from the 100th. So at the end of this podcast, I'm going to have a little challenge for you. How's that sound? I'm asking you, the listener, not R&T. Sounds good to me. (laughs) Well, let's do it then. So um, we have a a few questions that have come in that are kind of in a similar vein. And I want to share them. And then see if we can help address that. One comes from Forge1098 on Tumblr uh, that essentially says, thanks for the show. After listening to a lot of shows, I still haven't learned how to meet people and keep it on the QT. My family would lose it if they found out my kink. Sad, but it's a fact. I don't want to mess up a good life with them because they don't understand nor do I want this getting out of the bag. It's a rough spot to be in. Could you do a segment and try and answer this one? Well, this one goes really well with... um, a friend on FetLife who says, any advice you have for meeting people in the kink community? And if you have ABDL specific advice, that would be awesome. This little girl loves her diapers and is in fear that people won't understand. Hmm. Interesting, right? Yes. Then here's question three comes from Lil Goob 14 on FetLife. And the, the last question was from Rachel on FetLife, by the way. Uh, this is from Lil Goob 14 on FetLife, I'm super interested in going to events, whether it's something like CAP or even just local munches. However, I do want a fairly public career, and I don't see a way to reconcile these two desires. To make matters much more complicated, my locale is dry in terms of events. What advice do you have for an ABDL who wants to become more involved in our community but can't risk even the slightest exposure? Do you see a theme? I see a theme. All right. Friendship? Discretion? Yep. Getting involved. Not 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 burning any bridges in the process. Yep. Want to keep your family, want to keep your job. I hear I'm it. In. Yep, I'm, I'm in. in. I think all of those are very good asks. So, RNT, you have a family. I have a family. And you do this podcast and know many people in the community. Do you have any thoughts for all three of our question askers on how you've been able to not have this disrupt your life? Sure. Um... You know, I have found that actually being in this community is much the same as being in any other kind of community in that you wouldn't 
talk with your mom about baseball all the time if you were in a baseball club you just be like I'm having fun with my friends and that's all really that your family is going to want to know you don't need to describe what you're doing with your group if, as long as you're honest to a point where you know you're not oversharing but you're also not being cagey I don't think you wouldn't invite your parents to your baseball games I mean not baseball games, like a club. I'm oh. talking about like a, like a fan club. Like a fan club. Okay, gotcha. Something. Baseball is the first thing. I'm in my little brother's old room right now. And so <laughs> baseball not... is literally the first thing I could it's see. It's just right there, yeah. Um, it's just Tracking, here. Yeah. Golf, fishing, fishing. Yeah. I'm in a fishing club. There, well, this question is so apropos, though, because you're literally in your your family home, back home, and I'm married doing a kinky to a podcast. Diaper. I'm married to a diaper lover, right. and I'm on the phone with him. That's right. So, so how have you been able to not have this get back to your family despite being married to me, doing a podcast, knowing hundreds and hundreds of people over the years? How have you pulled this off? You know, I, I find that uh, I have intention, – by intentionally seeking out um, sane people who – also don't want to involve their families and their friends in something they don't want to be involved in. I haven't really come across very many problems like you and I, we both wanted the same things. We both had families. We, neither one of us wanted it to get out. And so we both just kind of came up with a really simple cover story with as little, um, made up detail as possible. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that was it. And, you know, my family asks me, how is your husband? How are you guys? What have you been up to? They never say, like, they never, I don't know. It They're doesn't not like, come what, up. what specifically were you doing last Saturday? Or yeah, and it does not come up. It yeah. doesn't come up. So I have a little different situation in that my mom is super nosy and constantly <laughs> wants to know what I'm doing. And, um, so, you know, I'll say, Hey, I took a road trip to St. Louis to meet with some friends. Well, who are your friends? Well, they're folks that I met through this other friend or folks that I met online through a friend. Well, how did you meet them? And where were you going for it? And the reality is as an adult, whether you're a young adult or a, dare I say, middle-aged adult like me, um, you get to tell folks whatever you want and not tell them whatever you want. And you don't even have to explain why you're not telling them whatever you want. So I frequently will say to my very nosy mother, uh, it's, it's just friends that I've made that we're going to hang out. And that's all I want to say about that. And then <laughs> that's it. Um, and generally once she's heard that a couple of times, she stops asking. Now, for all I know, she's imagining that, you know, we're, we're holding uh, horrible satanic rituals or something or, you know, just doing something ex extremely pervy when indeed I just go to hang out with some friends, but, uh, <laughs> but so what, uh, she doesn't actually know what I'm doing and that's fine. And as an adult, you are totally free to say, it's actually just, it's friends and how I spend my time with them is kind of personal, but, um, I really enjoy being with them. And I will say to your cover story, RNT, the trick with the cover story is make it an actual real story that is actually true. You just don't have to include all the details. That's actually exactly. I was just about ah. to uh, comment on that. That's absolutely right. I met RY through a friend in New York, which is 100% true. Every time I incorporate a new friend into my stories, I'm telling my family, I say, I met them through my Chicago friends and 
as you guys know, <laughs> that's where Cap is held. My Chicago friends introduced me to a lot of people. And um, like our wife said, it doesn't really doesn't really come up if you're if you're confident and you're truthful to a point it doesn't really come up that much yeah i mean i think that's important to emphasize is that you don't owe anybody all of your information ever mm-hmm. um unless maybe you're subpoenaed or something i don't know but it, it when when somebody's asking you know hey where did you meet your friends or how do you know them you don't it's you're not like lying if you don't share every piece of information as long as you're not intentionally being misleading so i'll say things like we met through a mutual friend in, in New York. We uh, spent the weekend with our friends in Chicago who we met through another friend online. And those things are all true. And you don't owe them any more explanation than that. And truth is, I know you get worried, like, what, what, what might they be imagining? But what or what the, might they ask? Yeah, or what might they ask? But, like, the answer is nothing. And they can imagine whatever they want, but you don't have to tell them anything and they're not going to pivot on you because of what they're imagining. They may be intrigued. I I have one friend who's like deeply intrigued and desperately wants to know, uh, but understands that I've said, Hey man, this is like a part of my life, you know, that is more personal. I'm just not going to share that part. Um, and he's like, Oh, it sounds so, what is it? You know, I think he, I think he's a little jealous that like I have this cool thing that he doesn't know what it is. Um, (laughs) But any, anyway, all that to say, you don't owe anybody any more information. Be honest, be truthful, but know that you are allowed to be truthful to whatever level of detail you feel right about. And to the asker who is concerned about losing anything, any ground with their family, any relationship with their family, please know I have a an extremely close relationship with everyone in my family. And when my brothers or my sisters say... I had dinner with a friend. Rarely do I say, how do you know them? When did you meet them? Like, oh, tell me more about that story. Like, nobody's going to, like, I just go, how do you know them? And they'll be like, college. And I'll be like, okay. But it's not, or a job. Like, people aren't going to pry as much as you're worried about them prying. They just want to hear about how you're doing. Save for the occasional nosy person. Most people just are saying that because that's how that conversation goes <laughs> and you're, and they're curious, but they're not, they're not actually trying to figure out your, your hidden secret. Yeah. They're not looking to find a secret. As for the career stuff, we, we've done other, um, episodes on how to keep secret, how to keep private, even online. I will say, um, we have chosen, for instance, not to post a lot of stuff with RNT's face or my face in it when there are dips in the picture. Because even though we love those kind of pictures, um, we that was just a personal choice we made not to share a lot of that so that it wouldn't end up biting us in the butt uh, because my job <laughs> could be in, potentially in jeopardy. But I say that knowing fully well that even if somebody emailed a picture of both of us in depth at an event to every person I work with, they literally can't fire me for that. And they wouldn't fire me for that. The value that you bring to your organization is likely worth more than whatever you do with your kink time on the weekends. So even in the worst case scenario, which would be that they got a picture that we've never even taken, so I don't know how they'd get it. Even in that worst case scenario, the odds of your job being in jeopardy are pretty low. I'm not going to say non-existent, but pretty low. And we've had friends that have found out in one way or another, usually because we told them, uh, because we were close with them. And not one friend has walked away. Not one. In fact, most of them are just grateful that we're, they're allowed into that 
secret part of our lives because it tells them, hey, I really trust you with this. Something that I've learned from RY over the years is that if you approach your own story with confidence and calm, people aren't going to mistrust you for it and they're not going to be weird about it. Like if you with calm confidence say, this is what I'm doing. This is who I am. If I got blown up tomorrow with all these notifications about these pictures that came out, I would still be able to stand by what I've done. I would still speak the same way I do now. Like nothing would change. I think it's more about making peace with yourself than it is about navigating these really complex interpersonal relationships. Amen. Amen. Yep. Yep. And when we say love for yourself, love for the community, love for others, it always starts with self-acceptance. And the oh, co- yeah. community can help feed that, but it always starts with self-acceptance. Um, if you, oh, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. If you bring defensiveness to the to the like almost a game, if you bring it to the conversation, um, that is, people are going to smell it on you. They're going to become uncomfortable. But you just have to be willing to be like okay with yourself. And once you're okay with yourself, any relationship that you have kink or, or outside of the kink is going to be better for it. And it's not going to be a big deal. Yeah. It reminds me a little bit of our discussion on how to wear in public. And the answer is put on a diaper, cover it up and then go into public. Uh, because (laughs) nobody can hear it. Nobody cares. Nobody's listening for it. And if they did, they wouldn't know it. It's very similar. It's like the thought that you have in your head about how big of a deal this is is likely so much bigger than how big anybody else thinks this is. And the risk that's in your head is likely so much bigger than the real risk in the outside world. It's not to say nobody has ever been outed. Of course they have. We've had them on our show. It's not to say nobody's ever lost friends or even had an argument with family about it. But even in those times, what they clarified in those moments was, are my friends the kind who stand behind me? Or do these friends, is their acceptance conditional? Is my family actually for me and who I am? Or is my family for a set of standards? Or are they just worried about me and they don't know what this is and I need to spend more time with them on it? Mm-hmm. That's ultimately how it tends to come out. And I believe one part of the did someone ask how to meet people? Yeah. How do I meet people without so, getting exposed? So here's here's my advice on that front. Instead of just milling about in the forums, I would say whatever website you tend to be on, if there is a way to read passages that these people have written, if there's a way to read their thoughts, like, um, I know on FetLife there is, um, the notes or the writings, you will find out more about a person and what they think is acceptable when they are sharing their innermost thoughts Hmm. than you will when they're interacting with people. Uh, one-on-one or even in a forum of some kind, I would say I knew I trusted our why when I read what his feelings were on things. And when I read that, I knew if I messaged him or he messaged me first and I messaged him back, I kind of had an idea of how he would respond and what kind of man he was. You know, you called that, uh, well, thank you for that, by the way, you called that out earlier and you said, um, you know, find people who are sane. And I just want to underscore that one. Um, before you go running off to a munch or a one-on-one meetup, I do encourage you to, if, if it's your first time meeting people, um, sp- spend some time doing exactly what RNT is talking about, which is getting to know their character first online through their writings or even conversations or forum posts. I have found very, very few people in this community who I would not trust 
to see my face and know who I am. Very few. They're out there, but they're relatively few. But those that I have, it's because I saw warning signs of boundarylessness or what feels like a lack of comprehension of how important it is to have discretion. And you can usually see that pretty plainly, especially if you're somebody who mm-hmm. does understand discretion and does have boundaries and mm-hmm. you just choose not to hang out with those folks. And we've been pretty good about it. And even at big events, like we'll, you know, we've done what, three years in a row, a large room show at Capcom where are, we are plainly visible. Um, but because of the vetting process and the screening at that event and the fact that you can't have your phone out, um, it, it's actually worked out fine. And we talk about mm-hmm. hundreds of people in the room at a time and mm-hmm. it's worked out fine. So just know that like your fears are, are meaningful and real. And also if you do just enough work to like sniff out whether somebody is boundarylessness and aware of discretion or unaware of discretion or not, you're probably going to turn out okay. That's not a hundred percent guarantee, but it's a pretty good one. Absolutely. I a hundred percent agree. Also, if you get past that point, I have never been in a conversation or I'll I'll say never, almost never been in a conversation with another person with this kink and not known within the first hour whether or not I needed to leave. Mm -hmm. People will let you know just by virtue of the way they tell their stories in connection with the kink. You'll be like, oh, no, you are someone who will 100 percent go to the mall and nothing but a onesie. Or you sound like someone with a with like a healthy view on this versus real life and consent. And, you know, I think that you can have access to my life in a more meaningful way. Yeah. I think that's right. One of the signs that I look for when I'm conversing with somebody to determine whether or not we're going to be able to have this discretion is, do they have a sense of sort of mutually assured destruction along with me? So do they have anything that they're nervous uh, about? If, if they absolutely are like, oh no, I walk around in my onesie at the Walmart all the time. I don't care. This is my lifestyle. Then that's when I choose not to divulge personal information uh, because they've got nothing to lose. And that's fine. That's fine. You know, if, well, it's not fine to walk around Walmart in a onesie and a diaper by, by itself, obviously. But if it's fine, if you are very proud of who you are, it's fine. If you've told your family and friends, it's fine. If you are sort of living out loud with people, you know, uh, awesome. But if, if you don't have a sense that this is, uh, something that is important to you, then I am less likely to think my discretion is going to be important to you. Um, now um, it doesn't mean it has to be like a standoff where it's like, I'll tell if you tell, but it's just nice to know that they actually have some awareness that this, they, they also don't think that a lack of discretion is preferable. Yeah. They have empathy for your situation. Yeah. Um, one practical bit of advice, uh, I would say RY taught me to have a Google voice number because you may have really wonderful feelings about someone, but not only does it help to establish trust before you give out your personal phone number, it also creates a barrier between your personal phone number and your kink content because he was having texts pop up and it was a little bit dodgy. So that also goes into the people not finding out in your family or your friend group before you know. Totally pro tip. And, And actually the reason why I have a Google voice number specifically for my kink friends is not because I want them to have less, less access. It's because I want them to have more. And that Google voice number doesn't give me pop-up notifications on purpose. When I used to just to, to my kink friends, when I used to just give out my primary number 
and they would want to text me something, I'd have to be super careful. Hey, don't text me this and don't text me that. Now I say, text me whatever you want because it's not going to pop up on my screen in the middle of a meeting or while I'm showing something to somebody. And so now I can have more free flowing, open conversations, trade images, you know, whatever, show our faces because I know that it's not just going to pop up. Um, RNT, anything else on this, on how to get involved without, without fearing for, you know, your, your information getting out there. That is an excellent, just no, just that they're excellent questions. And I think if you have any doubts, go to someone in the community who, you know, is handling it well, who you trust and ask for advice. You can ask anyone for advice and the worst they can tell you is leave me alone. Um, and if you ask someone like us, we might be able to help. So just ask if you're, if you're not sure. Yep. That's a good one. All right. Well, so those were three questions in one. Uh, thank you to those of you who wrote in and asked those questions. We have so many more to get to in future question roundups, but I know that we're, um, we're excited to share the little, I won't call it a contest at all, but the little activity that we would love to ask for your contributions on in, uh, honor of this, our 75th episode and in anticipation of our hundredth episode, which hopefully will come, um, next year and be early next year. So here's what we're asking is in celebration of our 75th. We have a little three-second soundbite at the start and end of every episode. It sounds like this. But I would love, because we're in the middle of a Makers series, I would love for you to make us a new one. And I would love to play the one that you make for us when we are working our way up to 100. Not that we'll have one for every episode, but I would love for anybody who has musical talent, writing talent, spoken word talent, or you just like making stuff and you have none of those talents, you just like making stuff, to send us an audio clip. It could be three seconds long. It could be up to a minute. And you rewrite the Love and Brief opener. We would love to hear it from you, however you want to reimagine it and whatever you want to put in there. I know I got to do this for the the big little podcast. I enjoyed the heck out of it a few years ago and just wanted to invite you to make something and support uh, our 75th through 100th episode. So here's all you got to do. Make an audio file. It could be as simple as you screaming into your phone. It could be as complicated as, you know, working in your home studio. You can have instrumentation or not. You can do whatever you want, but make something for us and send it to Love and Brief at gmail.com. Again, loveandbrief at gmail.com. If you would help us create a new sort of fun opener, would love to showcase those from now leading up to our 100th episode. How does that sound, r That sounds amazing. Right? I think it could right? be so fun. We have so many clever makers in this community. So that's our ask. As always, huge thanks to our transcribers uh, who transcribe every episode. And if you uh, or somebody that you know could benefit from reading Love and Brief in addition to or instead of listening to it, just go to transcripts.loveandbrief.com and they'll all be there within a, usually within a few days of issuing a Love and Brief episode. Anything else we should talk about today, RNT? Oh, I don't think so. This is our spring 2021 question roundup on Love and Brief, and this has been another episode. Happy 75th episode. Mm -hmm. Happy 75th to you too.